This is the Taz and Jim podcast. This is one of those scenarios that everybody has fantasized about. What would I do if I was ever, ever in that predicament? You know, kind of like Jim, you you always talk about when you're you're bored. You think about what if bad guys broke in here right now? How would I save the day like John McClane and Die Hard? Yeah, like when I was twelve in church daydreaming. I'd be like, oh man, I would swing from that chandelier. I'd kick that guy with some incense in the face. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that you, you'd, you'd think about to pass the time is, I wonder what I, if I was stuck on a desert island, what would I do? How would I survive? How would I survive on a desert island? Well, the U.S. Coast Guard has rescued three castaways from a deserted island in the Bahamas. They had been stuck there for 33 days. Holy. That's a long time. This is legit. This is, this is the real deal. Survivor City. Routine air patrol spotted them on the Anguilla Key Monday while flying over a deserted island. They had built a makeshift flag that caught the the attention of the plane. Hmm. There you go. You always got to get a fire going or something on the beach, right? Yeah, my go-to Spell is the rocks. Word on the beach. Yeah, SOS with rocks on the beach is my favorite. Or logs work, yeah, too. Yeah, whatever it yeah. is. Whatever's available. I think it's a little heavy. The patrol airdropped food, water, and a radio to establish a line of communication with the castaways, but they couldn't pick them up immediately because of bad weather so they had to come back the next day one extra day at least they sent them the radio so they knew they were coming back right (laughs) yeah but if you were just on the brink like if you were you know dehydration uh you know you are at at the last moments of dehydration like a day could make all the difference yeah that's scary they said that that was the biggest challenge being on the island was finding fresh water I bet. I don't don't know the the size of this island, but that would be tough. And just like the TV show, Survivor, they survived by eating coconuts and rats. Wow. Not bad, though. You know? The rat eating really went away after the first season of Survivor, didn't it? Yeah, I wonder if the lawyers got involved or w- what happened. But they were they were cooking stuff up. Anything Richard that they Hatch found. was eating yeah. that stuff like popcorn. Not even wearing pants while he was doing it. That's how savage that guy was. <laughs> Am I the only? <laughs> I guess you don't really have to worry about uh, about sanitation when you're eating rats. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the last. I should put some pants on at dinner. <laughs> we're having rats for dinner. Relax. Yeah, but the no pants is where we're crossing the line. Am, am I the only one who's crazy? Like, I'm surprised there's still deserted islands. Yeah. You know? The opportunity uh, to get stranded on a deserted island is much lower than it was even three decades ago. Right? Like, I figured some rich, possibly evil guy would have bought that island by now. Like, uh-huh. there's just deserted islands with coconuts and rats? Yeah. I want it. I know. Hmm. It's, uh... It's something that uh, that I didn't think existed anymore either. Like you watch Castaway, you're like, oh come on, yeah. Come There's on, a resort Tom on the Hanks. other side of that one, <laughs> right? Walk around, get yourself a bracelet, and have them <laughs> pour you a margarita. Relax, Tom. Yeah, Hanks. stroll up to the pool bar and take it easy. 
back to being able to leave our houses after the family day long weekend, which is coming up fast here. Um, we uh, we are going to get the green light in Ontario, most of Ontario, Toronto, Peel, still out of luck, but everywhere else, uh, the stay at home orders will end. <laughs> the stay at home recommendation will continue. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's good to know that things are moving in the right direction before the third wave yeah. comes and we have to lock everything down again, right? Moving in the right direction until they're not. This puts the whole COVID-19 pandemic into perspective. I was reading an article says that if you collected all of the COVID virus particles in the world, all of them in the world, they're microscopic, right? If you collected all the COVID particles in the world, they would fit into a single can of Coca-Cola. Worst promotion ever. This is a, go to the Coca-Cola and Pepsi taste test. Do not <laughs> try to f- cram it all in one can. Yeah, I, I used to love looking under the lid of my uh, my pop bottles mm-hmm. to see if I want a free pop. Yeah, Pepsi points were great too. <laughs> yeah, roll up the rim at Tim Hortons. <laughs> That's a good time, but in one can of Coca-Cola, all the COVID particles in the world... <laughs> If you find that can, you're in for a surprise. Open Pandora's box <laughs> in a can. Not good. I'm sure Coke loves that they... they you could have just said a soda can article. <laughs> you didn't have to point out our brand specifically. Yeah, totally. You could fit all the COVID particles in the world into one can of refreshing Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on the shelf now at your local grocery store? Who knows? It's not. Just to be clear... Coke's lawyers is, is it not. In a Mountain Dew no, can? is it, it in be, a Mountain Dew? It could be in a Verner's can. Who <laughs> they could fit in a Verner's can? It's not in any can. There's no can of COVID that is on store shelves right now. It, it's just a, a hypothetical. COVID cola? It's just a hypothetical. If they were able to cram everything into one can, hmm. it sounds like the plot of a movie. Scientists have gotten all the COVID particles into one can and. They've launched it into space, but 100 years from now, astronauts find the can and they open it. COVID's back. (laughs) Everyone stay home. One thirsty janitor on the International Space Station. (laughs) (laughs) And Valentine's Day is coming up on Sunday. Hope you're prepared. What do you do? what's What's a great date in the middle of a global pandemic for Valentine's Day? Like, what? What are your options? Well, here's one for you. Apparently, the new trend um, for couples, especially ones who have just started dating, is to get a rapid COVID test together. That's hot. (laughs) Guaranteed penetration at the end of the night. (laughs) Ooh, maybe we'll do anal swabs tonight? (laughs) Should we try something new, honey? (laughs) You want to go with the rectal uh, test? It is Valentine's Day. Uh, Let's get our man... In the hammer, hammer oh. Manny in on this. He's he's single. Jim, you live with your girlfriend. I'm married happily. Manny, you, you've been struggling to find uh, some women to go out with during the pandemic. Would you be up for a date to go get rapid tested? Uh, probably not. Not going to lie. No? No. I don't know why. I just, it doesn't seem so romantic, you know? 
So how, how do you think this would work, Taz? You, sh- you meet together in the parking lot. You uh-huh. stand six feet apart I, in I, line. I'm picturing two people who have been online dating for months, right? You've gotten to know each other over the internet. You've never met in person. You might want to take it to that next step. And how can you do that unless... I, for me, it's like, get out all the swabs and let's get it all done at once. <laughs> Swab everything. Swab everything. <laughs> give give us the, the report card, all clear. Clean bill of health. And then go to town on each other. <laughs> this is, so this is, this is you a know, foreplay. We all know what the end result is, right? Yeah. Like the, the reason you're getting tested is so you can have close contact. Yeah, I would... I would definitely do that. I mean, if <laughs> now Manny's like on board. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, okay. if it was months, if it was like we've been dating for months, but uh, I don't know. I'm right now. I'm kind of not really too focused on on dating someone right now, mostly because I live with my mom. So yeah, makes it know. tough. Yeah, it's a good time to work on yourself, though. Really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. If she had her own place, though, Manny, she's mm. got her own place. Older gal. Well, not necessarily. See, but sometimes it's like a couple <laughs> years older. I hate How to tell you, talking? there's twenty nine. Wi- there's women Manny's age who have their own apartments, Jim. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'd be down for that. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, give us a call right now if you want to go get swabbed with Manny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for it. I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I can't imagine being that pent up, like. It's been a year for some people, I'd imagine, where you you haven't been able to to have physical contact with another person, and it would be like if you got that that thumbs up from the doctor saying you don't have COVID, you're all clean. Like the anticipation would just be incredible. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of getting horny like here myself. Right <laughs> you're just gonna be pacing around your isolated apartment. Well, imagine uh, how excited you'd be though to get in the get in the room and and oh, make yeah. it happen. And then well, have things end in four seconds. Oh yeah, that's, that's why I'm waiting till uh, like I think you guys were talking about it like earlier or like like mid last year about how it's gonna be a total uh, F fest. Oh right, yeah. as soon as yeah. COVID is done. Herd, yeah. herd immunity, it, it's going to turn into an F fest for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'm not in a rush. It's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be fun. <laughs> you know, I always say, without longing, there is no desire, Manny. The exactly. anticipation, often, like Jim said, could be four four seconds, four minutes, whatever it lasts. But that anticipation could last another six months to a year, buddy. So enjoy it. See, this is why I listen to you guys. Thank you, and yes to everyone in Hamilton who seems to be sending us this video of an altercation that took place i think is this jackson square according to the comments it seems to be right mall in hamilton uh, dollarama there was a back and forth between uh, someone who was refusing to wear a mask while shopping in the store and one of the employees who was trying to get them to leave are you sure you got all the swear words beeped out of this thing before I play it here, Jim? I am 75% sure. No, I'm, I'm, I think I got them all. There okay. is a lot. So this is, this is the exchange. Guys in the dollar store, not wearing a mask. Employee says, you've got to leave the store. Okay, let's go. Hey, I'm going to speak to your manager. Okay, over here. Over here. Over here. Over here, sir. Get your hands off me. I will knock you up. You're not allowed to touch me, mother. Come with me. You want to touch me? Oh, here, oh, here. Don't touch me. Did you see that man touch me? Yeah. Because you want to. Did anybody see him touch me? Yeah. Because you want to leave. You have no right to touch me. 
Okay, relax there. Yeah, the, by touch him, he he like kind of put his hand on his arm. He did grab his arm, kind of, just to kind of lead him out of the store. I, I would I would hesitate to even call that a grab. I think <laughs> okay. I think he touched his arm to help usher him towards the exit. Barely touched the guy, and this guy's freaking out like he got he swept the leg. Yeah, <laughs> and this guy who refuses to wear the mask, he keeps cocking his right fist. All bets are off. If you're fist cocking, is that not an invitation for somebody to punch you? Like, you're, like could you, is that assault already? If somebody's threatening to punch you, could you respond by punching them yeah, first? Why let them get the first one in? If they're making yeah. the, the sign that they're going to punch you, can you not act first? I don't know. Is that not green light go? Do one of these. Ooh, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you. Oh, you touched my arm. Yeah, he's acting like he got, like, boot stomped or something like that. The guy, like, how many times is a bouncer? Well, maybe that's just me, but like, that's you, how bouncers yeah. get you <laughs> out of the bar. <laughs> More than most. <laughs> All right, let's, let's keep listening. So they, they get him out of the store. He's now, like, in the, in the mall. I can videotape. It's my it's my right to videotape it. He actually did hit him, eh? He touched him. Uh, again, did he hit him or lady, touch him? Yeah, lady who's filming. There's always the filmer too, right? Who, who has on standby. It's my right. I'm standing up for my rights. By okay. First of all, lame. Two. There's no way that you could even consider what that employee did hitting him. Yeah, yeah. He he touched him. He grabbed his arm. That is what happened. However you want to define it, it was you not a You could argue for the grab. I don't even think it was a grab, but you could argue. I, I could see that holding yeah, up. You, he grabbed my arm. It's and, a fair statement. Sure. But, oh, he hit him. What are you talking about? These altercations, a year into the pandemic, these altercations are making me more and more sad. People who keep filming these videos, like it's mental health. There's, yeah. There seems to be an underlying mental health issue with people who aren't wearing the masks and, and making stands like this. Are we surprised, though? Like, so much has been taken away with us from us. Rightfully so. You know, I mean, to, certain, to a certain extent, we have taken a ton of precautions. People are on edge. It's a wild time. It takes a small interaction for people just to go fly off the handle. Yeah. You know, this guy's clearly in the wrong. But in, overall, we are all on edge at this point. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's stressed out. Like, I'm not mad at this guy. It's just like... No, I feel bad for yeah. him because, I, like, he's so angry. I don't want anyone to be that angry. Just lighten up, man. Yeah, everything and everything in the store is like a dollar or two dollars. It's a great. Well, that's maybe he saw something for four dollars in the dollar store and lost it. That's what got him going. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I thought this was the dollar store. Four fifty. That's not a dollar, <laughs> sir. We're gonna have to ask you to put your mask. And you want me to wear a mask? <laughs> Why, I oughta stop hitting me. Let me cock my fist. <laughs> Get your hands off me! I will knock you the out. So Jim, you are you're you're trying to become a multi-instrument man. You're taking piano lessons, I heard. It's true. I had my first lesson on Tuesday. I taught myself how to play guitar, but I taught myself poorly mm -hmm. and didn't really learn any like I just realized after like five years I've been holding the neck wrong. <laughs> like my thumb's too high and I'm not uh -huh. like pushing the back of the neck. So you, you think with piano you start with because because you develop bad habits, right? Mm -hmm. For you to learn now properly how to play guitar, it'd be a lot more difficult because you have all the, uh, the the thumb habits that are incorrect. Yeah. That you have to 
change. Yeah, I'm trying to fix it, but like every after 10 minutes, I go back to the old way. So yeah, I'm just trying to learn like the fundamentals. And boy, am I learning the children's fundamentals. Right, <laughs> starting right at the basics. Uh, obviously, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Uh, my buddy Hubert taught me that. He's my piano teacher. He teaches kids and adults, but I feel like I'm more in the kids category. He's like, okay, this is note B, and this is F, and you know what? If you play these together, B and F, uh, hundreds of years ago, this the church thought this was evil. And if you play these two <laughs> at the same time, it, you were getting in trouble because it was banned by the church. Isn't that quite a thing? Twinkle, twinkle, <laughs> little star. You know how to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also know how to play A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Because it's the same song, oh. man. There, I just doubled your songbook. And it's also Mary Had a Little Lamb, isn't it? No. Oh. <laughs> I guess it's just two songs. Dang. But it's also, I also know Louie Louie, which is part, it's in the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. So it's like, ding, 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 ding. Good for ding, you, Jim. Super easy. Anyway, I'm rocking. Good for you. What is the piano song like that inspired you to want to learn to play piano? Like, what is the song? Like, is it a Billy Joel or an Elton John? Is there... You know, great balls of fire. Is that one you're looking forward to cranking out when you reach your maximum potential here? Pocahontas, Color of the Wind. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what my sister played all the time when she was playing piano. That's all I remember. But I would say when when my uh, teacher asked me, like, what do you want to play? I said, Paul McCartney, Maybe I'm Amazed. The Counting Crows, Long December. Uh And Ben Folds, Five Brick. Those are the songs I want to learn in a couple months. So... Standard piano tunes. I would love to, and I oh, and Piano Man, obviously Billy Joel. You gotta gotta learn Piano, piano Man, man. Yeah. and then eventually Elton John down the road is is the goal. Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel, I think, is the one I'd love to just be able to crank out. Yeah. And and playing guitar is awesome, and it like makes you feel like powerful and cool when you do it. But there's something like I don't know. There's something like sexy and smart about the piano that like if you can play the piano. It's just in cool. Front of women. When you're yeah. at a party and nobody knows, like especially if nobody, we shouldn't have even said that you were taking piano lessons. Yeah. And then five years from now, we're at a party and there's a piano there and Jim just walks over and, uh, oh, a little piano, eh? Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Just take those old records off the shelf. <laughs> I throw the right foot up on the, on the keyboard. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, there's something awesome about just Busting into a song yeah, on a piano. Totally. Maybe I'm a mean man, you love me all the time. That's a cool song. Does uh, does Hubie do uh, vocal lessons on the side as well? Or? <laughs> he does, actually. Yeah, maybe, maybe get a twofer there. Uh, news broke yesterday that Hustler Magazine founder Larry Flint has passed away. And of course, Courtney Love was his wife. Althea! <laughs> Althea! In the movie, The People versus Larry Flint. I, when I saw this story, I had to check myself because I saw this story pop up and I was like, oh man, Larry Flint passed away. And then I was like, hold on a second, Taz. The guy was a, a scumball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, he, there's no question that the emotion that I had initially was because they made him look like such a hero in the movie The People versus Larry Flint. Have you seen it? Woody Harrelson is Larry. Ago. 
But I know it was like, you know, free speech type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, he wanted to have the freedom to publish what he was doing. Yeah, right. And he... Hustler, they did a lot of satirical stuff. They did a lot of parody stuff. They made fun of a lot of people, powerful people. Jerry Falwell, uh, big in the religious community. And... Those people didn't like that, so they they filed a lot of lawsuits against Lair, old Lair Bear. <laughs> but um, Larry kept fighting. He spent a lot of money to fight for the First Amendment, and he's the reason that uh, you can make jokes about people. He's one of the reasons in the he United does not States. Give him too much credit. <laughs> no, seriously, man. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's responsible the... for a lot of parody law that came into uh, effect in the United States. So. If something is clearly satire or it's clearly a parody, then you're allowed to do it. And that's because of Larry Flint. That's a fact, Jim. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he did run Hustler magazine, which he described as like Playboy. But the reason he launched Hustler was because... I was always more inter- interested in the crotch. <laughs> Didn't think Playboy showed enough crotch, so he started Hustler Magazine. <laughs> well, he's a man with a passion, and he, he, he pulled it off. Yeah. He uh, was shot in 1978. He was, he was shot by a sniper, um, a white supremacist, took uh, credit for it, although the guy was never charged with the shooting, saying that he saw an interracial photo spread in Hustler magazine and decided that he had to shoot Larry Flint. Here is Larry talking about that incident. I was on trial for obscenity in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and I was shot on my way to the courthouse. I woke up three months later, and actually I was a whole year recovering. I really almost... Uh, died as a result of the gunshot wounds. But the man who shot me was never apprehended for several years. He had been prosecuted and convicted from from killing some more people that were all racially motivated crimes. He was an avowed racist himself. And uh, he supposedly had uh, shot me over a black and white photo feature that we had published in the magazine. Yeah. So there are consequences, man. You gotta, you know, <laughs> say what you will about Larry Flint. He believed in, in showing the crotch so much that it got him into some major legal trouble. And because of his passion, he ended up in a wheelchair as well. Rest in peace, I guess, Larry Flint. I don't know where he is right now, but I can guarantee it's about 25% smuttier than where Hugh Hefner is. <laughs> Apparently they've uh, they've cured COVID down in Florida. <laughs> Did you see it's, the images? It's wild from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, celebratory Super Bowl boat parade. It's no less wild than having fifty guys run into each other for three hours, though. Sure, and yeah, the guys, the players were on boats together, and they're all tested regularly. But there were some other boats that were. Cruising pretty close to the vicinity. Everyone looked like they were partying. No masks on. Tom Brady looked like he was smashed. Oh, yeah. He had to be helped 
off the boat and back to, I don't know, I, I'm assuming to a car to chauffeur him out of there, but like one of his handlers had to escort almost him. Almost holding him up, Yeah, right? yeah. Escorted him by the paparazzi and like refused to let him speak. <laughs> like when to go say something yeah. to reporters. And Tom looked like he wanted to talk yeah. to everybody. Big smile on his face, you know, and you have a couple in you. You're yeah. like so, so, so hey, shy. Guys. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you guys looking for a quote? I got some good ones here. <laughs> Want to see my new ring? <laughs> A risky business, too. Gronk was on a different boat than Tom Brady. And Brady thought it would be a great idea. He's so confident in his abilities. Decided to throw the Lombardi Trophy hmm. from his boat across the ocean. Like, there's a little bit of ocean there that the trophy falls in there. I, I don't think the thing floats. <laughs> it doesn't look buoyant. Doesn't look doesn't look floaty. Uh, but he threw the... Uh, <laughs> The trophy from his boat over to Gronk, who luckily made the reception. It was As he good. does. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, it looked like a party from the olden days. Boy, that would have been A year real. ago. If that thing would have sank to the bottom of the inlet or where, whatever they were in, if that thing would have went uh, to the I'm bottom of assume, the lake. I'm going to assume it was Tampa Bay, Joe. Oh, yeah. It was that the <laughs> that makes sense. But they were like, it was like, a, they were under a bridge. I don't know what it was. It was like right. a river leading into it or whatever. It still, it would have been a, a legendary for that thing to get fumbled. Get the scuba divers out. <laughs> have them on standby. Well, Gronk dented one of the, the Lombardi trophies. He dented it. Would he spike it after he caught it? Uh, they were celebrating after one of the Patriots wins. Oh. So he's got a bit of a history. Yeah, you know you've won too much when you when you start treating the trophy like that. Brady could have like four rings fall into the ocean. He wouldn't even care. Yeah, maybe a five he'd hire somebody <laughs> to go get him, but four, meh. He's got some extras. Someone who, who is probably celebrating National Guitar Day, whether they like it or not today, is Tara in Paris, Ontario. Hey, Tara. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, well, you're on with Taz and Jim, and you wanted to give a shout-out to someone. I want to give a shout out to my fiance who has 22 wonderful guitars on my walls at home and one banjo. 22 guitars and a banjo. Just for good measure. Yep. You got the banjo in there. Now tell me yep. he, tell me he's a talented guitarist. He can play guitar, right? It's not all for he's show. Very, he, oh no, it's not for show. We have a whole guitar room. Um it's it's wild. And are the guitars on the walls contained to the guitar room, or have they seeped out into the rest of the house, Tara? Oh, they've seeped out into the living room. They're everywhere. <laughs> now, he's your fiancé. Will the guitars be all moving back into the guitar room once the marriage is finalized? <laughs> once you got it locked down. No, because I'm the one that put the guitars on the wall in the living room, so... You support his passion. Yes. That's great. What's his name? His name is Chris. Chris, good morning. How much how much would you guess his guitar collection is worth? Has he ever like put a price on it? Um I'd probably uh, you know what? I have no idea. Hmm. It's probably ridiculous. Thousands and thousands of dollars, you'd think. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. Does he ever uh, play a song? Like has he written any songs for Tara? No. Oh. That might no. be a maybe, maybe for the wedding. Maybe he's just saving it till twenty twenty two. Yeah, that might be a good little uh, surprise. That's what the banjo is for. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hates country music, so. <laughs> but you never know so. when you're going to need a banjo. <laughs>
Exactly. It's better to have a banjo and not need one than to need a banjo and not have one. <laughs> exactly, right? Hey, this could be a good option for Chris. Tara, check this out. He loves guitars, and so does a, a guy... Um, uh, an uncle of a guy who's uh, online, his name's Prince Midnight. That's his online handle. And he claims that his un- uncle's skeleton was turned into an electric guitar. After his uncle passed away, one of his wishes was he wants his bones turned into an electric guitar. So uh, that, That's a little creepy. It's a little creepy, but we have audio of what it sounds like. This is apparently his, the guitar uh, being played... Let's, uh, I haven't heard this yet. This is Dead Uncle's Bones. <laughs> oh my god. I just looked up the picture. Uh huh. Your hand is inside the rib cage when you're strumming. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, he he really wanted to capitalize on the fact that it's made out of his uncle's bones. He, he didn't hide. He didn't hide yeah. the fact. No, I was thinking it might be like you know crushed into dust and then like c- compressed into like a guitar body. No, or no, something. no, no. His bones, his actual bones, Jeepers. have been turned into this guitar. We'll post the uh, the picture if people want to see it. The video of him describing the process of putting the guitar together on the Taz and Jim social media pages. Is that something you think Chris would like to put into the will? <laughs> Um, no, because it wouldn't happen. I wouldn't allow that. Right. Maybe you could double as a xylophone, too. What if you could turn oh, him yeah. into a banjo? <laughs> yeah, we'll turn him into a banjo and I'll learn how to play country music. Couple extra fingers on the fretboard. Well, it's Valentine's Day. It's about time I divorced you. Right now, you could win a divorce if you head over to fm96.com or y108.ca. It's Taz and Jim's Win a Divorce Contest with our friends from Millar's Law. And from the law firm, Philip Millar joins us. Good morning. Morning, sir. How are you? Living the dream, my friend. You? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're feeling we're feeling uh, even better. Uh, there's some people out there who are not in good situations with their relationships, looking to find a way out. Many people we're hearing from saying that they would be divorced already if it wasn't for the price tag that goes along with it. So we've been getting uh, a strong response to this contest here. Thank you for, for getting on board and agreeing to do this. Yeah, you know, you have to look at it and, and make the decision because you know there's going to be some people uh, who think it's uh, done in, in bad faith, but I think everything about this is in good faith and, and helping people get better informed. Yeah. Did you, can, I have a text message we got earlier this morning. Can I read this? Sure. It says, hey, I listen to Taz and Jim every day, but I think I'm going to buy an aux cord so I don't have to listen anymore. Also, no, I'll never support Millar's. Thank you very much. To promote divorce on the radio, to make light of it, is disrespectful and inconsiderate to anyone who might have been negatively affected by a divorce. You've made a contest to promote a law firm um, for any... You could have made a contest to promote a law firm for any number of things. I understand situations where abuse is involved, divorce is useful, but it's no laughing matter. 
And I'd like to emphasize that it's most certainly not a contest. How would you respond to that, Phil? You know, I've, um, first of all, you know, you're nobody until somebody hates you. And so, you know, (laughs) both of us are somebodies, which is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Having dealt with... uh, Jim's not a somebody yet, because everyone seems to like Jim. Everyone always hates Taz and loves Jim. No, no, there's, there's, you aren't getting the text I'm getting, I think, Taz. Plenty of hate. But, but, you know, it's funny, and and that's what I really admire about your show is that I've done with a, I've seen a lot of trauma in my life around the world and different in different things, but humor is often a way for people to, to start a discussion about difficult things. And you guys have brought this matter into the public field and said, "Hey, look, it's going to be okay to talk about this. We've been through COVID, isolation, fighting yeah. over kids, money. Like, there's giant emotional trauma that's gone on, and some people feel trapped. Just think about domestic issues." People are trapped in a household all day. They can't. There's nowhere to run to. Right. Mm-hmm. right? And they want to get out of there. They have no money. Mm-hmm. So why not offer an opportunity for somebody to help get out of there or get informed through your program? It's dealing with reality, not what they want it to be. Divorce is useful in situations that don't involve abuse, obviously. And so many of these uh, entries that we've seen, it's the financial burden that they can't handle. So it's. I think it's cool that we're able to offer one person the opportunity to get $5,000 in assistance from you over at Millar's Law. Now, how far does $5,000 go? It, well, you know, in some cases, it depends on the law firm you, you go to because there's a lot of money made in this industry, and, and that's one of the reasons why in some cases I'm disliked is because we, I would rather people not spend the money on divorce, and, they, you know, they just they act like adults agree that you can fall out of love and then separate. It's not that complicated if both people act like adults. But mm-hmm. when people get upset, the sky's the limit. You spend $300,000 on a custody dispute, and all you're doing is give your kids college money to the lawyers. And yeah. in the end, it often settles close to what it would have on day one. Of course. So uh, if people are reasonable, you can get it done at that amount. But if somebody wants to punish the other person for leaving, that's when it becomes really acrimonious. And yeah, then there's, every, gr- there's greed, and then there's there's vendettas. I think that come into play with the divorces, right? Oh man, it just gets so bad because the letters back and forth over little niggly nonsense. Yeah, uh, that you're paying five hundred bucks a letter for. It's like, let's just be reasonable. But you know, whoever wins this contest, I'm going to help them get through the whole thing from soup to nuts. Oh, that's very nice of you. Please don't be a crazy couple. <laughs> Please don't be an argumentative couple. Oh, dear. <laughs> the year is 2030, and Philip Millar is still working on this divorce. <laughs> do you have any- I do have a way of, of helping my clients be reasonable through a little bit of a firm hand, too, because often when somebody comes to you, they, they're really angry, and they will go in the wrong direction. Yeah. I don't have a problem with saying, well, sit down. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. This is what you need to do. And so I, I have an ability to to try to control the fees. But if it, the, wor- the, the most worrisome thing is if they have somebody crazy on the other side because you can't control that. Yeah, you you got to look at the big picture. you got to look further down the road than, than right in front of your nose and just consider in the long term what is best for you, your mental health, your, your family's mental health when it comes to dealing with something like this. Do you have any good, we need to take a break, but do you have any good divorce stories you can share with us? Oh, my God. Oh, God, I got some killers. Okay. Uh, Philip Millar. Yeah, we'll take a break here. Philip Millar is with us from Millar's Law. 
Them and Storage Works have teamed up with us. It's Taz and Jim's Win a Divorce. If you want to enter the contest, you can do that now at y108.ca and fm96.com. Well, it's Valentine's Day. It's about time I divorced you. Taz and Jim's Win a Divorce with our friends from Storage Works. You get a storage locker for three uh, months and you get $5,000 in legal fees from Millar's Law. And Philip Millar from the law firm is on the air with us. Now, I know we mentioned that some people are complaining that we're, they think we're promoting divorce, which we're not. We're trying to help somebody who is going to be going through a divorce anyways. Um, but do you, have, do you have a story you could tell us about that would highlight why, why divorce is sometimes a necessity? Yeah, okay. So I got real story of a guy, and this is, you know, I don't think he can be blamed in this particular situation, you tell me. Successful business guy, four-year-old, six-year-old, goes to the doctor, a little testicular pain, comes back out, the doc goes, I'll call him John. John, we've got to talk. He's like, what's up, doc? He goes, your kids. He's like, yeah. He goes, you can't have kids. He goes, oh, that's fine. We're done. We've got our two. We're good. And she's all happy. He goes, no. Oh, no. I looked at your junk. You could never have kids. And he's like, what? And so when he goes and gets, has the confrontation, DNA test, they're his best friends and best mans. Oh. Two of his friends? Oh. No, no, they're one and the same. Oh. Same <laughs> <laughs> the best friend <laughs> and What's the worse? best man. Oh. And his God. uncle and his brother. <laughs> that is. And, uh, but oh. the interesting for him, and, and, may, and then maybe because he didn't deal with it well, Mm-hmm. But he, he, he just left and never saw them again and moved. And uh, because his best friend lived down the road. Oh, right? talk about and a so betrayal, they, right? It would yeah, almost be worse. Was he more upset about losing his best friend or his wife? It, 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 that, that's a, it's a tough situation because they, they planned to have kids. Like they had created windows, right? So yeah. I think she, the, the couple did the obligatory attempts like 10, 15 times. Yeah. And then just happening? go back to the boyfriend. And then that was the one that got pregnant. Oh, my time. Lord. And the scary thing is sometimes if that happens to you and, you know, your your spouse cheated on you, you still are responsible for child support, even if they aren't your kids. In some cases, when you act uh, in location as a parent, uh, you you can't be responsible for them. Somebody has to take care of the children. I imagine the, uh, the friend down the road might have taken some ownership. But that's why I think 23andMe is, if you guys want to know the test... The, the test to see, Ugh. go home, any girl, any, I guess in this case, a guy, and say, look, I want to do a family 23 and me test so we can see our genetic heritage. If there's uh. a bit of a, re- if there's a bit of hedging on that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, a- I don't want the government having my DNA. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it's like Cypher says in the Matrix movie, sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's it's not. Yeah. It's not. I'd rather know. Would you want to know, Jim? Without a doubt. Oh, God. I mean, the greatest loss is not your friend or your wife. It's it is your kids. kid. Right. Yeah. You think these are your kids. You're treating them as your kids. And then you find out that your best friend was the uh, was the father. And oh. then you have all these mixed feelings because you obviously still love your kids. But it's like every time you see them, it's a reflection of the bad thing that happened. I, that, that's my ultimate nightmare. It just rips you apart. Mm-hmm. I think genetically, that's why firstborns often look the most like the dad, just to put that concern at ease. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm never going to let a doctor look at my testicles. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to have a microscope, but it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, oh. Philip Millar. <laughs>
I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> With the burn. <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.